The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Basis podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We're live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Thursday, September 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. If you remember last week, we went over some of our biggest fantasy disappointments from the 2022 MLB season. So. It's only appropriate that we use this episode to talk about some of the biggest surprises. And just a quick programming note with next Thursday's show, we're going to do a bit of a preview to set up the weekend wildcard series. Yes, the postseason is eight days away or seven if you're listening right now, which is crazy to think about. We're going to go right into all that intensity. So it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, So we'll do that show next Thursday night. We also have a fun game we're going to play to set up for the playoffs, so make sure to, to join us uh, for that. How's it going, Drew? It's going well. I just ate a bunch of uh, Reese's bats. I think they're they might be new on the market. Yeah, I've not, I have I've not seen those. I see like the pumpkins. I see footballs right now, but yeah. I've not seen Reese's bats. Um, it might surprise you. They're pretty much the same thing as the pumpkins, like a, a little yeah. bit different shape at the top. But, uh, basically the same just in different shapes yeah i'm i'm all about reese's that's my number one halloween candy or anytime candy so i like to try yeah. the different variations i'm pretty um, sure we did a candy ranking before yeah we, that we, might have been during <laughs> covid i think <laughs> or like uh october when it's like down to the world series and yeah there's not much to talk about other than analyzing the games themselves i think we did a candy draft actually we can bring that back. We should bring that back. All right, we'll, we'll work on that. But um, before we get to our surprises from this season, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, Major League Baseball, on the NASCAR circuit, and in Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and the Bucks in our Sunday Night 7 contest. So get that NBC Sports Predictor app today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. So we each came up with five names, right, Drew? Mm-hmm. Uh, so each of us came up with five surprises. Um, some you may... Some may be obvious, but some might be a little bit under the radar. Even to me, there were a couple of names that, that snuck up on me. So uh, I'm going to let you get us started, Drew, whenever you're ready. Michael Harris II is my – these aren't ranked, but he, he stood out to me right away. Yeah. Ba- basically, right as Harris arrived in the majors in late May, the Braves took off. They were 22-25 and 25 on the season when he debuted. Since then, 75-34. and 34. Currently, just one game back of your Mets for the NL East title, with those two teams meeting up for a crucial three-game series this weekend in Atlanta. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, but the Mets would claim the, t- the tiebreaker if they win just one of those games, right? They're nine and seven, I think, on the season series. Yeah, right. They do have the tiebreaker w- with the Braves. So if the Mets took two out of three this weekend, it's um, over. The magic number would be one. Yeah. If they were to sweep this weekend, they would they would win the division. Okay, got it. So. But yeah, so yeah, e- either get the first round by or have to play the best of three wild card series. Either way, Harris has just been fantastic from the jump. Three hundred five average right now, eight seventy six OPS, nineteen home runs, twenty stolen bases through his first one hundred nine major league games. And w- with one more home run, he can become just the fourteenth rookie in MLB history to put together a twenty twenty season in his first season. And again, keep in mind that he didn't debut until May 28th, yeah. which was the 47th game of the season for Atlanta. Um, he's been fantastic defensively too. Yeah. 4.9 F war uh, fan graphs version of wins above replacement. That's second only to Julio Rodriguez among rookies and not too far behind Rodriguez. Who's at 5.0 F war and currently on the injured list. Uh, looks like Rodriguez might come back on Monday. So there's a real shot for Harris to be the most valuable overall rookie in the majors this year. I think Spencer Strider's at 4.9 F4 too, though I know F4 with pitchers is a little bit wonky. And I don't know, it's interesting when you compare Harris 
and Julio because they both signed rookie year extensions. Yeah. Um, and Harris's was eight years, seventy-two million in guaranteed money. You know, good for him for getting seventy-two million dollars guaranteed. But Rodriguez, twelve years, two hundred and ten million guaranteed, with a chance for the deal to max out at seventeen years, four hundred and seventy million. I would definitely bet on Rodriguez more long term, but that's yeah. that's a very team friendly sheet there for for Harris. He's an Atlanta native. I, I get why he signed it, um, but I, I I think he's just really good. Projection systems don't kind of know what to do with him yet. Yeah. Uh, maybe because he came directly from Double A and they haven't had time to catch up. Uh, the power has definitely been a surprise compared to what he did in the minor leagues, but he didn't spend much time in the minors. A third round pick in 2019 didn't yeah. log any games in 2020, obviously. Only 197 career minor league games overall. Um, he's been climbing up the, the Braves lineup recently too. Spent a lot of time in the number nine spot early on, like pretty much for two months straight. Uh, but he has a start in the two-hole, three-hole in the last week. Maybe that rise continues in, in 2023 with Dansby Swanson, who's kind of their, been their number two hitter if, if he possibly departs via free agency, and it looks like he might. Um, yeah, I think Harris has the tools. Like maybe the batting average comes down a bit, but he is fast. Yeah, um, I, I would feel good about him being a 2020 player next year. Yeah, I think the only you know area of improvement for him would be the plate discipline. Uh, the strikeout rate is at 24. Uh, percent He's only walked 4.5 percent of the time, so you know he's young enough where I I would think he's going to improve in that area. Um, if you look at XBA, it's 273. Um, his batting average is 305. So, like you said, the batting average you know might be you know, it's going to be hard to replicate 300, I think, yeah. as far as going into next year where our expectations lie. Um, but, I mean, 74th percentile, 74th percentile in hard hit percentage, 72nd in hard hit rate. That's still pretty good. Uh, 94th percentile sprint speed. So, like you said, the speed definitely helps prop up the, the batting average as well. Um, he's pretty much the runaway favorite for me in the National League for Rookie of the Year. And if you remember the the you know as the season opened up we kind of talked a little bit about uh futures props and he was nowhere no. on the list nowhere and even when he came up like we knew julio rodriguez was going to come up at some point we knew all about him coming into the year but harris was not really someone we were expecting to see this soon no um so for him to come up as early as he did and thrive as he have has obviously that's you know a number one as far as uh, surprises go for me i i have uh i'm going to start off with spencer strider actually his teammate um and strider we saw down the stretch last year and looked like he could be something he was kind of a prospect on the rise late last year but coming into the season this year he wasn't drafted really anywhere he was basically a wafer wire pickup began the year in the bullpen um, and you see what he ended up doing here. He, he basically joined the rotation in about late May, which is kind of around that time the Braves started to take off as well yeah. um, when Harris came up too. Um, but he's been amazing. 2.67 ERA, 202 strikeouts in just 131 and two-thirds innings. Uh, so he started out in the bullpen, 11 relief appearances, and then 20 starts since then. Six double-digit strikeout games. He's the only pitcher 
in the history of baseball to record 200 strikeouts in a season with 135 innings or fewer. The only one. That's pretty amazing. Now, right now he is done for the regular season. Um, I believe he tried to throw this past Friday and it didn't feel great, so they kind of shut him down. It's still possible he could come back during the postseason, but that's not a sure thing. Um, but obviously, you know, what we've seen from Strider this year has been incredible. Uh, the slider is a key pitch for him. If you look at the slider leaderboard for whips, Edwin Diaz is number one, 54.5%. Strider's number two, and this is including relievers, 52.2%. Andres Munoz with the Mariners at 50.4%. That slider, a huge weapon for him. Throws really hard as well. I think the big question going into next year, you know, we're, we're assuming the, the oblique will, will heal and all that, but where do you put him among fantasy starters for next year? Because I was, I was trying to think about it. You know, the innings could be a factor here, but you're getting so many strikeouts that maybe you don't worry about that too much. The Braves lineup is really good. He's a top 20 starter for me, but there's a chance it could be higher. I, it's it's tricky, though. Yeah, I mean, there are times where he just looks unhittable. Um, I went to a Card- Cardinals-Braves game earlier this year where he pitched, and it was a lights-out start. It was really boring watching it from the bleachers. Um, <laughs> I love the tight pants, too. I mean, he, yeah, he looks no. like... He looks like the real deal. And we talked about Ian Anderson last week as one of our biggest disappointments. At least I think with Strider, you look at the stuff and you're just a lot more impressed than what we saw with Ian Anderson, who, again, probably needs to add a third pitch and show better command. If Strider, not even if he opened the the year in the rotation, but if he was just put right into the rotation instead of doing that little relief stint, he'd probably be the leader – the MLB leader in strikeouts right now. Yeah. I mean, on the pace that he was on, Garrett Cole has the lead right now. Um, and then who is it? It's uh, Corbin Burns and then Carlos Rodon, who's pitching tonight. Um, so Rodon can get up there too. But yeah, Strider's been fantastic. And I, yeah, I mean, the Braves have to kind of play this carefully. Like if they, if they get that wild card series by i think it would help their decision a lot more where they're going to be like all right he's going to be in the nlds roster if we can't use him for well we'll see if he how he heals it's hard to say right now but they've got another week before they really have to make a decision on that yeah obliques are tricky so mm-hmm. who's, who's to say yeah uh, my second biggest surprise is brady singer and if you had the Royals like making a surprise run at all this season to a wild card spot or even just had to have a winning record, you would have had to bet on a couple of their young pitchers taking a big step forward. We talked about that a lot in the spring uh, as we were kind of going team by team. They didn't get that couple of pitchers. They didn't get multiple pitchers to break out, but they did get one here in Brady Singer. Entering his final outing Friday at Cleveland, he has a 2.99 ERA, 1.13 whip, and 144 strikeouts in 147 innings. And since July 13th, a 1.98 ERA and 81 strikeouts in 82 innings. He's also won three consecutive starts to get to 10 wins for the season, which you know matters in fantasy. And, and that's for a Royals team that just sunk under, what, 30 games under 500 with a loss on Thursday afternoon to the Tigers. Singer had an average draft position of 415 in Yahoo leagues this spring. So he was a waiver wire guy for the most part, unless you're playing in a really deep league. And 
again, he's been terrific over the last few months, like legitimately helping to win fantasy championships out there. Um, the arsenal hasn't really changed much. I was trying to find out what, what, what happened to, to allow him to take this step forward. Um, he had two pretty mediocre seasons and then all of a sudden, you know, post an ERA under three this year, he's still very much a sinker slider pitcher, a little bit of an uptick in his changeup usage, uh, but nothing like super drastic there. I think it comes down to his sinker and slider being really good pitches and a big step forward with his command. Like that's the way that I would diagnose this. Um, he'll probably need to develop that change up a little bit more and to, to use it more uh, to keep this going into 2023. You could, you could see some regression happening here, um, especially because he doesn't miss bats, you know, with at an elite level. Um but we've seen the trajectory of where that could already be happening, where he's already developing that changeup um, and, and using it more and, and the sinker and slider stays effective. I don't really s- think that Singer is an ace, but he'll definitely be going off draft boards next spring. And you could view him as like a solid number four, number five pitcher in a fantasy rotation. Um, and I think that's like a safe way to, to think about this, that he could be a good ERA guy. Um, maybe we see some more whiffs if, if the arsenal gets fleshed out a bit more, but um, you got to like what you've seen from him so far this year. And, and yeah, I think he's, yeah, one more outing to, to top it off. So this time, or I guess the start of last season, I think I drafted Singer in a lot of leagues because I saw what he did as a rookie in 2020, four oh six ERA in 2020, but the, Secondary numbers showed some potential for some upside there, uh, but he finished with a 491 ERA in 27 starts last year. But again, the secondary numbers hinted at a little bit more there. So this hasn't exactly come out of nowhere, but this recent string of starts, like you were saying, he's been lights out. He's allowed more than three earned runs just twice in his last 14 starts um, with the peripherals to back it up. So uh, really intriguing uh, stuff there for a Royals team, which could use some good news with their pitching prospects. Certainly on the position player side, I think there's a lot of reason for hope, but they need some of these pitchers to pan out. So um, a good start, at least with Singer. Uh, next up for me is Andres Jimenez. And he was drafted in some deeper mixed leagues. He had a 272.94 ADP on NFC this spring, but that was after the likes of Jonathan VR and Nicky Lopez. Uh, but Jimenez has been a top 30 position player in Yahoo leagues, hitting 303, 17 homers, 68 RBIs, 19 steals, 64 runs scored over 140 games. And Jimenez plays excellent defense as well. I know that doesn't matter for fantasy, but he has been the whole package for uh, the first place guardians headed to the postseason. And a huge improvement from what we saw uh, from his first year in Cleveland. He spent a lot of time in the minors, but when he was up in the majors, just really struggled. Hit 218, had a 633 OPS over 68 games. Showed some really good numbers in the minors and AAA, which, you know, maybe hinted at what we're seeing this year. Uh, but you look at the progress that he's made, strikeout rate uh, down from 25.7% uh, to 19.2%. Uh, this year, the sprint speed is great. Uh, Jimenez is 94th percentile there. Um, so that does prop up the batting average on balls in play, 355. Um, there is some skepticism with his profile. 
Uh, the XBA sits at uh, 261, so about a 40-point 40 40 difference from his batting average to his expected batting average. And that's because he doesn't hit the ball super hard. Uh, 25th percentile average exit velocity, only a little bit higher in terms of barrel percentage, hard hit rate. But I don't think you're looking at Jimenez to be a, like a 30-homer guy. If he can hit you 15 to 20 homers, steal 20-plus bases, you know, have a high position in that batting order there for Cleveland going forward, uh, he can be a really uh, valuable piece uh, in, on a fantasy roster. I'm going Guardians, too, with, with my third. Um, and it's still kind of confusing to me how this team managed to win the AL Central title this year. It's going to be a division win by a pretty wide margin, too, in the end, yeah. with the Twins and White Sox both completely collapsing. But, yeah, what Andres Jimenez has done and the emergence of Stephen Kwan, who is my pick, is a good place to point to in terms of how this happened offensively. We know that Cleveland can pitch and play defense. Um, Quan was grabbing headlines in the first couple of weeks of the season, got off to that crazy hot start. Then came the expected regression, the, the fade uh, around midseason. But he did continue to get on base at a good clip throughout all of that, avoided getting demoted, uh, and then started filling up box scores again down the stretch. AL Player of the Week recently, I think that was last week or the week before, and overall, a 302 batting average, 377 on base percentage, six homers, 50 RBIs, 19 stolen bases, 86 runs scored through his first 141 major league games. He did something tonight, too. I saw people tweeting about it. But yeah, Cleveland came back to beat the Rays, is what happened. I, maybe I, this is poor podcasting. I don't want to look it up. But Quan hit a, yeah, a game tying double, and then Oscar Gonzalez. Hit the go-ahead single. All right. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> where was I? I mean, he doesn't hit the ball hard at all is is yeah. kind of yeah. the problem. Like, first percentile and hard hit percentage, second percentile and average exit velocity. So, if you're playing in, like, a standard 5 by 5 non-OBP league, the present and future value with Stephen Kwan is maybe a bit stunted. The steals too, like 77th percentile in sprint speed. I'm not sure that he's going to be a lock it in 25 stolen base type player uh, moving forward. So you can poke some holes here. Um, it can be like, it's like a teammate dependent situation, dependent fantasy profile a little bit, which is a bit scary for this year though, obviously a heck of a pickup for the batting average, the steals, and the runs scored, especially if you stuck with him a little bit as he yeah. worked through some struggles in May and June. Um, and maybe there's a decent floor, you know, for all these, for, for like runs scored, he's he could be the leadoff man moving forward, and you just hope and pray that he adds some power, but it's kind of hard uh, to, to see that necessary, to project that at least into what he's going to do next year. So Quan is one of just six qualified hitters with more walks and strikeouts this season. Um, the others being Juan Soto, Yandy Diaz, Alex Bregman, Alejandro Kirk, and uh, Luis Arias. Uh, so pretty good company there. Um, I think wasn't Quan, yeah, Quan was the one who had took him like, how many, was it, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, before he struck out, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like a really ridiculously high number. I can't remember it off the top of my head right now, but. You're right. I mean, he started the year just on a tear. 395 over his first 12 games, 171 over his next 23 games. But he's hitting, this was going into play Thursday, hitting 320 
over his last 106 games. So really stabilized and bounced back. And he's been, he's been great. Like you were saying, I, I don't think he's like a fantasy superstar, not much power upside, uh, but the contact ability, the patience, the speed uh, gives him a shot to remain useful. The volume too, if he's at the top of the lineup, uh, probably someone who's more like a Tommy a Edmund kind of, <laughs> maybe yeah, I, I think he's like a third or fourth outfielder in a, in a mixed league and that's yeah. fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. You you could feel good about the batting average, um, but he needs a little help to to fill up the other categories. Yeah. So next up for me is a closer, and I usually wouldn't throw a closer in here, but this one really stands out to me. Daniel Bard with the Rockies. So yeah. his ADP in the spring was 649.90. And what I think is funny about this is when I was looking up these ADPs, Bard was drafted after – Alex Colome and Carlos Estevez in his own bullpen, which kind of really says it all. And I think it's deserved after the year he had last year, five two one ERA in 67 appearances. But this year he's been incredible. 1.88 ERA, 32 saves, 63 strikeouts and 57 in a third innings, fewer walks than last year, just three homers allowed this year after coughing up eight of them last year. And there's some real changes behind this. So ground ball rate up to 51.1% this year. It was at 42.5% last year. And this is the result of a a pitch mix for him. Um, Slightly increased sinker usage has basically ditched his four-seamer. So the pitch mix working out for him uh, and really kind of explains that increasing ground ball rate, which is a good idea when you pitch at at Coors Field. Uh, Basically, the number four fantasy closer right now behind Emmanuel Classe, Ryan Helsley, and Edwin Diaz. I don't think you would have guessed that one. Uh, Hmm. I might not even have guessed that before today. Only five pitchers have notched more saves this season. Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader, Jordan Romano, Kenley Jansen, Emmanuel Classe. Kind of crazy. Uh, And a great story, too, you know, given where he he was at one point in his career. Uh, Bard did sign a two-year extension with the Rockies in July, so he's not going anywhere. So I don't think you're necessarily going to bank on Bard repeating this next year. But again, I, I think Bard is an awesome story and I'll, I'll probably always root for him. So he's certainly come back from the brink of where, yeah, it might be a little shaky for him to hang on to a, a major league bullpen spot, but he's come storming back this year and kind of reinvented himself too. Remember that was the Rockies only trade deadline move was signing Daniel Bard hey, to a <laughs> hey get that money get that money hey it's it's cool for him and I think it yeah. does give you some sense of stability um, as as a fantasy manager you feel good about him being the closer there for next year not getting any younger um, and you know relievers are volatile especially when you add Coors Field into the mix yeah. but I actually picked a closer too Ryan Helsley. Um, Giovanni Gallegos went 10th among relievers in the average Yahoo draft this spring. Alex Reyes came off the board in a lot of leagues. Jordan Hicks, too, in in deeper formats, but that was more about he had a pretty short-lived move into the starting rotation for the Cardinals to begin the year. Helsley was a waiver wire pickup everywhere uh, and proved to be a waiver wire treasure for fantasy managers that were able to add him. He hit 104.2 miles per hour on Tuesday night, the the fastest pitch in the majors this year. That was at Milwaukee, the game that the Cardinals clinched the NL Central. 
Helsley worked the final two innings, both scoreless with four strikeouts. He has a 1.28 ERA, 0.74 whip, 93 strikeouts through 63 and a third innings this season. Six saves in September, up to 18 saves for the season, maybe gets to 20. Um, Despite not stepping into the primary closer role until the second half or just a little bit before the All-Star break. And now he has the full-on closer entrance where they turn off the lights and make all the ribbon boards and, and LED lights red at Bush Stadium and, and play Hell's Bells. It's pretty cool. Um, and for somebody who went undrafted, he's you know he's really emerged and have been incredibly valuable in fantasy with the, the ratios that you get. And obviously when he when he locks in close to 20 saves. Um, it's always difficult to talk about reliever rankings for the season to come when you haven't even finished up the season that we're currently in. So I'm not going to try to plot out where Helsley should be drafted mm. next year, but we know, you know, the kind of step forward that he took in 2022 and that the Cardinals are probably going to be a contender again in 2023. Uh, they invested a lot in this, this entrance routine that he has, you know, they gotta, they gotta let it ride. So I don't know. In general, I think his stock should be very high. Like maybe he's a top five dude. And, you know, the Cardinals have been a little, you know, they mix and match with their closers more than, than, than they used to. And a lot of teams are doing that now, obviously. Um, but Helsley's legit, man. Beyond that ridiculous four-seam fastball, which you know comfortably hits triple digits, he has a decent slider and curve, and he's been toying with a cutter. Lots of ways for him to continue to miss bats, and uh, I think he's he's the real deal for now. We'll see. You know, it's a reliever, and and maybe he loses some velocity and isn't as effective, or the book comes out on him. But again, he's not just he's not just a velocity kind of reliever. Yeah. Yeah, and made strides with his control too, which mm-hmm. I think is has been a big key for him. Um, up next for me is Nathaniel Lowe with the Rangers. He had a 241.39 ADP on NFC. So he was drafted in some deeper mixed leagues. But we're talking about after the likes of Frank Schwindel, remember him with the Cubs, Bobby Dahlbeck uh, as well. But he's been the number eight ranked fantasy first baseman in Yahoo Leagues this season basically a top 40 position player in Yahoo leagues hitting 305, 25 home runs, 73 RBIs, 70 runs scored over 149 games. His OPS is up almost a hundred points from where it was last year. And he's been amazing in the second half. Uh, His XBA sits at 278. So pretty close uh, to his batting average and up significantly from last year. What I think is interesting about Lowe is he's one of those players who maybe in the past would work some deeper counts and get himself into some trouble as far as strikeouts, but he's been a bit more aggressive this year. The swing rate is up to 52.5%. It was 44.6% last year. So being more aggressive, attacking earlier in the count, and you see those results coming. The contact rate is basically the same. So it's not like he's swinging and missing. He's just swinging earlier in counts um, and attacking. Um, and I think it's really working for him. Um, and I don't know where you would put him next year, but, man, he looks like a great find for the Rangers. And obviously, if you got him off the waiver wire, he certainly helped as well. I don't think he's going to go super high. Yeah, he doesn't. he's not flashy. No, not at all. I, I would love to get him, like, I don't know, pick number 150-ish. Could be. And yeah, I, I think that uh, that Rangers lineup should only improve. You know, Josh Young gets a full year. Bubba Thompson 
you know, obviously Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon aren't going anywhere. Adolis Garcia puts up numbers. Josh Smith has had some flashes. So yeah. um, maybe Sam Huff is, becomes like a post-type guy at catcher. Jonah Himes been okay too. Um, my final dude, are we at our final guys? Yeah, yeah. Eugenio Suarez. Uh, and it felt like Suarez was more of a bad contract throw-in with Jesse Winker yeah. in that five-player spring trade, be- spring trade between the Reds and Mariners. Winker was thought of as the big prize at the time, but he has pretty much struggled all year, whereas Suarez has been awesome to help Seattle reach the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. ADP just outside the top 200 or just inside the top 200, depending on what service you're using for your league. 192 on Yahoo. I think he was like 198 on NFC. Um, For a third base and shortstop eligible slugger who right now has 31 homers and 85 RBIs in 144 games this season, he's never going to win you the batting average category. We all certainly knew that going in, but he did get closer to his career norm in that regard this year, up to 238 after he hit just, uh, I think it was like 198 in his final season in Cincinnati. That's not going to kill you 238 when the league average for batting average is 243. And to get that kind of power production from a shortstop or third baseman, wherever you were playing him, it pretty much makes up for it. Um, So the Eugenio Suarez roller coaster will just roll right into 2023. He's, He's like an underrated player one year and then an overrated player the next and then underrated again. Uh, at least we can put to bed the idea that his home run hitting was all dependent on great American ballpark in Cincinnati. We talk about park factors a lot and it's, you know, it's a nice data point when you're trying to pick between one player or another, whether a hitter or a pitcher, you know, you want to consider, you know, is he going to get five extra homers hitting in this park or is he going to get robbed of five extra homers hitting in this park? But um, I don't know. Sometimes we talk about park factors a little too much probably. Yeah, and his power plays anywhere. Yeah, like his power, his power is legit. So that's not really a question. Uh, so certainly, if you got him as a late round flyer type, uh, you did well for yourself. And the last one for me is Tyro Estrada um, with the Giants, another guy who is not drafted, <laughs> uh, free on the waiver wire. But here he is, hitting 266, 14 homers, 61 RBIs. 19 stolen bases, 69 runs scored over 134 games. Been especially hot recently, hitting 309 with a 404 on base percentage over his last 28 games. So coming up big down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs, and this kind of puts it in perspective. On the year, Estrada has more home runs than Nick Castellanos, Tommy Edmond, Justin Turner, J.D. Martinez. Has more stolen bases than Jose Altuve, Starling Marte, and Jose Ramirez. More runs scored than Cattell Marte and Whit Merrifield. And I bring up Merrifield for a reason because I sort of see them similarly. Not a ton of fantasy upside, like not a ton of home runs. The batting average, you know, not, it's kind of mediocre. He's not going to be a 300 hitter necessarily. He doesn't hit the ball really hard. You look at Whit Merrifield's profile. He's never been that kind of hitter either, but there's some speed there. If the playing time and volume are there, which is what basically made what Merrifield what he was, there is something here. Uh, and Estrada, who knows with the Giants, you know, they picked him up basically for cash from the yeah. Yankees a couple of years ago. Uh, he was a longtime Yankee farmhand. 
Uh, and I think he, he played maybe here and there with the Yankees before coming over to the Giants. I don't even think the Giants knew that he was going to turn into this kind of player. But Estrada's only 26 years old. So there's still there's still some potential here for him to be a useful player for, for the long term. Um, and I think he probably gets drafted in mixed leagues ne- next year, probably mostly because of the speed. I think you're yeah. talking late rounds. He's going to be drafted, but... I don't know where he's going to hit in that Giants lineup, but let's say he hits second or something like that, um, and he gets that volume. He could be underrated even next year. He was on my my list of other players I was considering. Yeah, definitely a quiet breakout year. In what was it? You know, it was a quiet year for the Giants, so maybe he's, yeah. he's flying a little bit under the radar. And you mentioned so. the, the age and the prospect pedigree. I also had Christian Walker, a big home run total supporting cast around him is really improving in Arizona. Um, Zach Gallen, like we knew we ha- he had this in him a little bit, but this second half run has been, you know, put him in an elite space. Uh, Nestor Cortez, like we don't talk about him as much anymore because he's a little bit more established now, but that, that came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Lar- largely. Um, and then there's a, a lot of Orioles in this discussion too. Jorge Mateo, Ramon Urias, Anthony Santander, Felix Batista, Jorge Lopez before the trade, uh, all very valuable compared to where they were drafted this spring. Most of them not drafted at all. Um, Mateo's going to have to hit more to keep an everyday role moving forward, but the speed was great in the situation that he had there in Baltimore this year. Santander, the power output. Yeah, you know, he's been great. Yeah, despite the left field dimension changes to Camden Yards. Batista looks like the established, you know, controllable closer now for a team that's on the rise. Um, exciting times there in Baltimore, I think, with, with this team that they're developing. Yeah, Jorge Lopez, who was an all-star, right, yeah. uh, before the Orioles traded him to the Twins, he's been really not so great. Uh, you could see that coming, couldn't you? <laughs> Yeah, uh, so kind of, yeah, maybe the Orioles knew what they were doing. Uh, we'll see about that. I think you uh, we weren't really surprised by Julio Rodriguez, but we talked, I guess, a week or two ago that really you could make a case that Rodriguez should be the number one pick in mixed leagues next year. And who would have thought that in the spring? He I gonna, think he, yeah. he qualifies this as a surprise to me. I mean, he was yeah. he was a hot pick. You know, once the season started, once we knew he was going to be around, but still, that you is know, quite a rise. We didn't touch on you know Aaron Judge hitting number 60, 61, right? Yes, yeah, that would to, be to tie Roger Maris. <laughs> but one one thing that I was considering with him, you know, he struggled in his first taste of the majors. He he came up in his official rookie year and had a a good year, a really good yep. year, but. He had like you know thirty games, a little cup of coffee, and he he was pretty bad yeah. in his first you know his first time up in the majors. So that's something to consider, like when you think about these prospects. You know, he's he's having one of the best seasons in modern baseball history. You know what? Uh, I'm pretty sure that I saw Aaron Judge in person hit his first major league home run. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna have to go back and really look at. It. I was talking about my brother the other day because we were watching Judge trying to hit 61. And we were like, I think we were up like the day after he was called up. Wow. And we saw him in a home run to right center field. I'm going to have to go back and look and see if that, because I could, that's something to tell the the grandkids one day. I saw Fernando Tatis Jr.'s Major League debut. That's not as cool anymore. 
maybe it'll be cool again soon. Yeah, I saw. I remember thinking. Remember uh, Fernando Martinez on the Mets? Yeah, uh, he was a top prospect for a long time. He's called like the teenage hitting machine. Uh, was like his nickname. Never really panned out, but I saw his first RBI, and I remember being like, "Oh, I'm gonna remember this. Remember this someday." <laughs> Baseball's hard. Yeah, it is. It is very hard, and yeah, yeah, you just never know with prospects. Like we saw a number of them come up this year. We saw Jared Kalnick come up last year. Spencer Torkelson. There was all sorts of expectations. Didn't work out, but you know, Julio Rodriguez comes up, and he's amazing from day one. You just never know. I'm trying but, to yeah. look up when. Uh... Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. debuted in St. Louis in 2019, and I was there. Yeah, I was on a uh, – maybe I have this wrong. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, we shouldn't do our research on the fly. No, this wow. is what – it was the Cardinals' home opener. Um, and it was – I saw him hit a home run, and but it was it was his second Major League home run. He, already, he had already hit one in San Diego. So never right. mind. Not- not quite as cool, but still you can, cool. You can edit out my story. It's not. I was trying to one up you, but I had nothing. Um, so next week again, we're going to set up for the, what's going to be a really crazy wild card weekend. The first time this has ever happened with you know expanded uh, playoffs. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, so we'll dig into all those matchups. Everything will be decided uh, by then. And again, we have a fun game we're going to play that uh, will carry us through the playoffs. So we'll get into all that. Uh, next Thursday. So definitely check it out. If you like what you're hearing with this show, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. Five stars, always appreciated. Drew, before we go, I forgot this. Do you have any streamers for the weekend? Yeah, I'll do this quick. Bailey Ober of the Twins on Sunday at Detroit. Uh, 3.18 ERA in 10 starts this year, coming off a career-high 10 strikeouts last week against the White Sox, and the Tigers' offense is pitiful. Um, His rostered percentage was around 30% last time I checked. He's probably already rostered if you're playing in a competitive league and this is the championship week, but worth checking if he's not in that matchup. And then I got Ronzi Contreras on Sunday at St. Louis. Uh, Contreras is just at 11% rostered. And if you're getting desperate, he's a super talented 22-year-old with a 3.25 ERA and 33 strikeouts over his last 36 innings at seven starts dating back to August 22nd. It's a meaningless game for the Cardinals. It's at pitcher-friendly Bush Stadium. I feel like Contreras can quietly put together a solid final outing of the year with ERA and strikeouts on that one. So I have Dre Jamison, who's been awesome so far for the Diamondbacks. Gets the Giants on Saturday. Uh, has a 0.98 ERA through his first three starts. Looking great. The stuff's legit. Mid to high 90s fastball. Slider getting a ton of whiffs. Has 17 strikeouts and 18 in the third innings. Giants lineup, not so great. Uh, Tyro Estrada, we mentioned, is having a good year. Uh, Wilmer Flores has been pretty decent. But otherwise, there's just not a lot in that lineup to be afraid of. So definitely use him there. And... By the way, I think I saw Aaron Judge's second home run in the majors because he hit number one the day before. See, um, we're both losers. Yeah. Well, D- hey, well, uh, Andre Jameson, did you hear that he beat Corbin Carroll in a foot race? No, that's amazing, though. Yeah, Corbin Carroll uh, is like elite of the elite. Yeah, he's got like an 80 grade speed rating. What did he have? Like you know, 30, 31 steals in 90 games this year in the minors. Yeah, um, I think his sprint speed is maybe the fastest in baseball. Yeah. 
I, I know like, yeah, he, he went first to third earlier this year and it was like the fastest that Statcast had ever clocked. Yeah. But yeah, Dre Jameson is an athlete. Yeah. He's a pinch runner in the making at some point. Sure. Why not? All right. So that'll do it for us this week. Follow us on Twitter. If you don't already, I'm at DJ short. Drew is at Drew Silv. Take care, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.